Here we go! Welcome back to another episode of Leading from the Forest. If you're brand new to the show, you are most welcome indeed, and I'm glad you found this beast of a podcast. Now, in the last episode, we took a look at how Forest School can support the EYFS, or the Early Years Foundation Stage, Part 2. I know, Part 2? What happened to Part 1, you might ask? Well, if you missed either of them then do look back in our archives for those episodes. After being a teacher for over seven years, the EYFS is something I know pretty well, and I hope those two podcasts can add value into your life as you go through or are soon to be entering the EYFS with your child. Right, on with today's episode. Let's go. Welcome to Leading from the Forest podcast, where I delve into the world of Forest School with the intention of decoding it for parents and those new to the movement. Over the last year, I have brought together a powerful community of parents that have embraced the transformational process of Forest School to set their child up for life success as I go about my mission to reconnect 10,000 families with nature the Forest School way. I'm your host, Mark, the founder of EcoEd Forest School, and listen in as I break down what it's actually all about and how it can work for your child too. I'm ready to create real change. Are you? Hey everyone, in this episode I am looking at the 11 types of play that can usually be observed by your child at different stages of their development. Now, if this is your first time listening to Leading from the Forest, you may not know that play is the secret source of Forest School and, alongside the Forest School leader, is what allows your child to develop life skills to set them up for the future. Play is so powerful, and yet, in my opinion, so underrated. It's unreal. I suppose, though, potentially it's for two reasons. One, children don't look like they're learning when they're playing, and almost when adults assist in a child's play, it seems like they're just having fun, I suppose. However, to understand play and to be able to support a child in their play takes a huge amount of skills and knowledge of this area. But also in the same breath, I suppose we as adults are, well, conditioned by our surroundings or our environment to believe that learning is all about having a pencil in one hand and a chair under your bottom. But how wrong could that assumption be? Because the reality is, so much is going on inside a child's brain when they're at play that it's, well, impossible to sum it all up and put into one single episode of a podcast. And this is why I have chosen to split the large umbrella of the play topic up into lots of small episodes all the way from when I began this podcast all the way up to day number 365 (laughs) when hopefully the season of Leading from the Forest will come to a conclusion and I will finish that podcast. Who knows what may come after it but I'm sure I will have lots of ideas up towards 360, 365 or the 365th episode of the podcast. Now, just because we can't see what's going on doesn't mean it isn't happening. Plus, as I've said before, children are born knowing how to play. And this reveals that play is super important for their development and understanding of the world that they live in. So, what are the 11 types of play children undertake, you might ask? Well, let's get knee-deep in all these 11. Number one, 
unoccupied play. Unoccupied play refers to play when a child actually well, isn't playing at all, actually. They may be engaged in a seemingly random event or movements or a series of actions with no real objective to them. However, despite appearances, this definitely is play and sets the stage for future play exploration. It's simply them taking their thoughts and manifesting and percolating over them ready for what's to come next. Because ultimately we all need time to think and especially children. Number two, solitary or independent play. Now, solitary play is just what it sounds like when your child plays alone. Now, this type of play is important because it teaches the child how to keep themselves entertained, which eventually leads to setting them up for the path to self-sufficiency. Now, any child can play independently, but this type of play is the most common in younger children around the ages of about two or three. And at that age, they are still pretty self-centered and are developing their communication skills, right? I'm sure you know this stage really, really well as a parent. Number three, onlooker play. Onlooker play is when your child simply observes other children playing and doesn't actively partake in the action. They simply watch from a distance. It's common for younger children who are working on and developing vocabulary to demonstrate this type of play for obvious reasons. Now, don't worry if your child is behaving in this way because it is completely normal and it could be that they f may feel shy or slightly reserved or potentially they need to um, maybe just suss out the environment that they're in. Or if they are a young child and they're watching older children at play, sometimes it's, it's beneficial for them to just take a step back and watch to understand what's going on and how children can interact. And ultimately, as we've said before, observation is a key learning tool for a child during their play to learn from a role model, whether that be an adult or a child. Number four, parallel play. Now, if you put two, three-year-old children in a room together, this is probably what you're likely to see. And simply, it's the two children having, having fun, rather, not flun, <laughs> fun, playing side by side with each other in each of their own little worlds, but not actively engaging with each other. Now, it doesn't mean that they don't like one another. They are just engaging in parallel play because that's what excites them at that moment of their development. Now, despite having little social contact between playmates, children who parallel play actually learn quite a lot from one another, like turns taking and other social niceties or necessities, which again comes back to that observation and that role model. Even though perhaps it might appear that they aren't paying much attention to each other, they truly are and they often mimic the other one's behaviour as you might well have observed in your child's play. As such, this type of play is viewed as an important bridge to the later stages of play development. Number five, associative play. Slightly different from parallel play, but similar at the same time. Associative play also features children playing separately from one another, but in this mode of play, they are involved with what the other child is doing in that moment. Simply think of your child of your child playing in a mud kitchen, for example. They're actively involved in each other's play, but they're doing separate things at that moment. As they build this or build their creative language and their narrative, which is that play situation, they are talking to one another and they are engaging with each other, but may not be playing the same thing at that moment in time. 
Now, this is a super important stage of play because it helps your child develop a whole host of skills from socialization to problem solving to cooperation um, and indeed language development at that stage. Now, through associative play, this is how your child begins to make their real friendships and is crucial to their further development, as we've touched on in prior play choices. Number six, cooperative play. Cooperative play is all about where the stages come together and your child truly starts to play with other children as a social dynamic or as a group of children who are actively involved in turn-taking, in rule creation and other good things like that. Now, it's common in older preschoolers or in younger preschoolers who have older siblings to witness this type of play because that's their age and stage of learning at that point. Cooperative play uses all of the social skills your child has been working on up to this point and puts them deep into the action. Now, whether they are building a puzzle together or playing a board game or enjoying an outdoor group, for example, cooperative play sets the stage for future interactions as your child matures into an adult because they're learning how to cooperate and problem solve together, which are key essential skills later on in life, as we well know as adults. Number seven, dramatic slash fantasy play. It's called a few different things in different circles, but you get the idea. Now, when your child loves to play dress up doctor or restaurant or other things, it's dramatic or fantasy play they're involved in. And through this type of play, not only does your child's imagination get a huge workout, but they learn how to take turns, cooperate, share and work on language development, whilst also developing a narrative and their storytelling during that period of time. Now, through this role play, children also learn, are able to learn about the functions of themselves inside a great community and that social dynamic and their place within a group and this is often where what's termed as the alpha can come to the fore. Number eight, competitive play. Now whether your child is beating her brother or, or sister at a game that they're playing or a bit of rough and tumble, your child is engaging in competitive play. There's an outcome from that that potentially could lead to a winner or a loser and rules and turn taking are key to this and is a function and is key to functioning as part of a team and are big lessons that are taken from this type of play now you may have to give your child guidance about dealing with both the winning and the losing during this type of play because it can be quite difficult for them to regulate their emotions either if they win because they become ecstatic <laughs> and their ego takes over or if they lose they become quite upset and distraught because they've lost and number nine, physical play. Gross and fine motor skills really come into play here during this type of play. Now, whether your child is throwing a ball or riding a bike or climbing a tree, physical play encourages children to be active and interactive almost with their environment, which is super important for their holistic development like we've discussed in previous episodes. Number 10, nearly there, penultimate one, constructive play. Forms of constructive play include building with blocks, building with sticks, building with um, other items that children may find in the forest, uh, making a road for their toy cars, constructing a fort out of couch pillows, you name it. It involves any type of construction is part of constructive play. And this type of play teaches children about manipulation, about building and foundations and fitting things together in a logical sequence and also problem solving and cooperation if they are working with more than themselves. And cognitive skills are used to figure out how to make something work 
to its to its best outcome, whether it is a block tower that won't stand up or a sandcastle that keeps collapsing. And again, it brings back to that problem solving. And finally, number 11, symbolic play. This type of play can be quite vocal, quite graphic, or indeed involves counting or making music. This type of play helps children learn to develop skills in expressing themselves and their individuality and exploring their experiences, their ideas, and certainly their emotions, which cannot be underestimated as a play choice. So those are the 11 types of play that your child is most likely to interact with. Now at Forest School, most of these are seen except I would say for maybe number one, unoccupied play, and number eight, competitive play. Now the reason being is that the wonderland that is the forest motivates children into a play scenario, and, forest, and the forest school ethos is one of child-led play, which simply is the child chooses what, when, and how they play, which removes the need for setting rules beyond the basic safety aspects, of which in the forest we have three of them, which are look after yourself, look after nature, and look after your friends. Now I'd be super interested to find out which play types your child m engages with most and also their age and stage of development so we can have a discussion about where it all fits in to their bigger holistic picture. So do drop me a comment or a voice message on this podcast and I'd love to interact with you guys because it will be my first time if I get a voice message through. So let's break my voice message virginity, eh? <laughs> You're just one session away. Thank you so much for listening to Leading from the Forest. To find out more about EcoEd Forest School, head over to our website at ecoedforestschool.co.uk to start your journey with us today. Don't forget to review and subscribe to this podcast if you haven't done so already, to spread the word of Forest School and to add immense value into other parents' lives. I've been your host, Mark. This has been Leading from the Forest. Have the most amazing rest of your day and I look forward to joining you again very soon.